Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to another exciting issue. Issue? An issue? Issue Are we a- it is. We have issues today. That is right. Wow. I think, I think we've gone from a pod to a magazine. So welcome to this exciting episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. My name is Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. On today's episode, after what is not a sarcastic comment like it usually is, after many minutes of show prep, we have finally decided what it is we're going to talk about. And perhaps that's why I said on this issue, because we're going to talk about issues. Let's open up the book of issues. Let's uh, let's do just that. So, you know, as we were talking before we were recording, I was telling you, uh, about my travels and you were telling me about your travels and we mutually decided that maybe it's a good idea. And, you know, the more I think about this, Drew, uh, hopefully you're hearing this from your clients as well, but it seems like application flow has picked up. It seems like we're getting the opportunity to make the hard decision a little bit easier now that there are actually some choices to make. If we're being completely honest, mid-pandemic, you know what? If they filled out an application, it wasn't the best idea in the world to just hire them, but we may have been in such a corner that we did do that. And that may have put us in a position where we didn't have team members that necessarily, under normal circumstances, we would have allowed on the bus, but we were leveraged. For lack of a better term, we were leveraged. Somebody's got to deliver the mail. And for a while, having somebody was better than not having somebody because those were the two choices. Right. Although I'm weird and would rather have nobody and know what I'm getting into. Lots of folks just picked anybody and then got upset when they would call out, show up late, not show up for the weekend. And they wanted that somebody so much that they would keep that somebody around. Is that a fair way to put it? I think it is. And I, I think also that a lot of folks that did that deserve for us to come to their defense in a little bit, of, uh, in, a, in a way as well, because they lived through something that you and I never had to live through. I mean, let's face it, the last two and a half years, there, was, there were no rules. It was unprecedented times. And when we say we would rather have nobody than just anybody, I think we say that because we knew we had application flow and us going with nobody may have been a week or may have been 10 days. Not five months. Yeah. Or six months months. or or two years. So I, I don't begrudge anybody for making the decisions they made. I'm just really, really happy that they were able to keep the doors open and that they were able to do the things that allowed them to remain open with that said at this moment i want to split for our listeners for a second so we have this fabulous wind up that you've given them (laughs) and now i want to introduce them to human performance improvement okay human performance improvement which i am a 
uh, master of. I am certified in this. I have a certificate of mastery, if you will. You are certifiable. I am completely certifiable in human performance improvement. Unlike another improvement system like Six Sigma or something like that, you're looking for what the best do differently than the average. So you try and find the gap from what the best do to what the average do. And then you teach that gap to the average. And in so doing, not only do you make the average better and pay attention to those that want to get better, but you also make the better better. So everybody moves up. But what group didn't move up, Sam? The people that didn't want to move up. Right. That bottom group, your bottom performers, that low-hanging fruit, they didn't move up. Because in human performance improvement, they don't want to. And because they don't want to, we don't waste any time on them. I, I tell you this because, because I was a part of bottom 10 calls in the corporation for years where the bottom 10 GMs in food and labor and service and sales would have to get on calls weekly. And we would just badger them all the time. And amazingly, more people like the bottom just kept getting lower because subconsciously people want to be paid attention to by the people above them. And if the only way to get paid attention to is to do bad, then, then they will do bad. And it's not that they want to do bad. They want the attention. And if the only way to get the attention is to do bad, then they will do bad. So now we have this human performance bucket. Take what the greater doing or the better are doing against what the average are doing. Teach the average and move the middle and the top up higher. And then we have the start of this of we hired anybody that walked in the door. How do these two worlds meet, Sam? I think I know where you're going, so I'll, I'll, I'll take a swing. I think these two worlds meet by we, we do what your human performance tells us to do, and that's coach the people that are movable. And while we're doing that, I think it's essential that we pay attention to everybody to see if we're getting some momentum with the ones that we think we can't move. Because I think that some of the folks that work in our industry have come from less than stellar backgrounds where maybe the only time they ever got attention, much like you just said, is when they did something wrong. And perhaps if they're in an environment where they start to get recognized when they do something right, then perhaps we Pavlov dog them and they start reacting the way we want because they're getting what they want when we get what we want. I know what I was trying to say and I'm confused. No, no, no. I, I, I understand where you're going. The flaw that I have with it is that you're going to this place of they don't want to, and I can change them. Oh, no, no, no. Let me jump in. Let me jump in. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they've been conditioned to not want to because that's the only time they get recognized. I think some of them, not all of them, some people just don't want to do anything. I mean, that's just, we can't coach the uncoachable. But I think, and I, you know, I said this in a workshop this week in Cincinnati, I think the greatest good that you have the opportunity to do when you are in our industry and a general manager is that you have the opportunity to shape people's lives and turn them into something better than even they thought they could be by the way you lead. Which is why we always love that first time job, right? 
Yeah. It, it's it's the chance to to show them what it's actually like, what it's what it's supposed to be like to the good. Yeah. Not, not all the ugly stuff. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think if we start really coaching the middle and the upper and give them the positive reinforcement and maintain a keen sense of the ones that we aren't, that maybe we don't think are coachable, if we see a glimmer at all, we jump in with both feet. And if we jump in with both feet and it doesn't change, then we have to jump in with both feet as well. And we have to allow them to go on to their next opportunity. I left that out and I'm so glad that you caught that. So that is another component of human performance improvement that that bottom 15 ish percent has a choice to either step up and get to average where the, yes, we will help them or step out. And that sounds really harsh, but they're your bottom five, 10% of your performers. They're, they're the driver that takes one delivery an hour. And you're like, dude, that delivery was 200 yards away. How did that take you 45 minutes? Like there's, there's folks who are supposed to do this and folks who are not. I'm probably guilty of seeing the best in everybody for a long, long time in my career. But I truly believe that everybody is good at something. And the longer we allow them to hang on at something they're not good at because we're in need of a driver, I think we're holding them back from finding whatever it is that they want. And the other thing we're doing is we're lulling ourselves into a false sense of security that I've got eight drivers on the schedule. I need eight drivers, even though three of them aren't really who I would want if I had the opportunity to take the first draft pick. That's because it is so much easier, Sam, to look at the eight drivers and not worry about hiring another, not worry about interviewing another, not worry about training another, and then to complain about three of them to the other five on a nearly daily basis. But I've seen that in stores in the last three months where management complains about other managers or not even other managers. I'm sorry. Management complains about other team members. There's just no place for it. No, there certainly isn't. You know, our, our mutual friend, Mel Robbins, who we did her book, the, the high five habit. I've been listening to her podcast. Have you signed up for her free training? You know, I'm signing up for anything she does because I'm, I am a fan. I, I will say this. If you listen to her podcast and colorful language is not your thing, you know, on, in, in fact, on the podcast that dropped last week, uh, you know, she did the whole LFG thing, but she didn't do the acronym. Just be ready for that. She's completely unfiltered and very transparent. I like that about her. Uh, but if you don't like colorful language, I probably would steer clear of, of Mel's podcast. But anyway, you know, she said, is she's got this thing about gossip and that it's and that it's human nature and and people just do it and we've got to get to a point where if we wouldn't say it to their face we won't say it behind their back and if we are around people that are talking about other people we should immediately change the subject by simply saying you know what i don't i don't talk about other people when they're not in the room unless we're coming up with a plan to help them so I think that's really important. You know, you said that we get a bit stagnant because we've got the eight on the schedule. You know, something I'm telling folks in workshops now, Drew, is that there is nobody on your team, including yourself, 
that is a permanent member of your team. I, I mean, I nobody is in their forever job, ever. Not even franchisees. I mean, I've got, I've got friends. All good things must come to an end, Sam. All good things. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I've got really good friends that I thought would be franchisees forever, and because life circumstances changed, or because it was just time, they're not franchisees any longer. And certainly the drivers that are on your schedule today are not going to be there forever. So you should always be looking for talent. Because it's an infinite game, Sam. It's an infinite game. They're in it because they have the resources to be in it or the will. And as soon as one of the two of them leave, then they leave. And that's how we do our roles. That's how they do jobs. That's how our team members stay on our team. It's an infinite game. You know, I'm sure somebody told you at one point in your career that when you're running a restaurant, when you're running a Domino's pizza store, you should always be hiring. You should always be looking for the next great talent. And even if your staff is full, who knows what's going to happen next week? Or if nothing happened next week and you happen to come across the next superstar, well, then we can switch gears and go into sales building, which is something we're all going to have to switch gears into soon anyway. I'm even running a training team. I was always hiring. I always had two or three people lined up behind because I might not be able to hire you, but I can start to prepare you for it. I can, I can do things to get you to a place where as soon as I need you, you're ready. Now, that's because I only had nine, 10 spots total. And once those were filled, I couldn't just hire somebody. I had to wait for somebody to leave. The stores are such a different place. Like why we wouldn't get to that eight and get super picky and, and be, be that, be that, that decision maker, right? That, that I'm going to make the team better. I mean, we're, as we're recording this, I know you're, you already made some inference about some draft thing that's probably going on tonight. I, I am not paying attention to that tonight. There is a playoff hockey game on that has my attention instead. Plus my team already won the off season. Um, you know what? I'm glad you think that, uh, and good luck with that. Uh, that, that gentleman has proven to be one heck of a great football player. That's a little too much drama for my team. Totally get that. And I don't disagree. However, if you're for the fans who are not keeping up, if you're a New York Jets fan and you've invested in fact, this analogy works perfectly for what we're talking about. You've invested the second pick overall in a quarterback who ends up being the worst quarterback out of 60 quarterbacks over a two-year stretch. The worst <laughs> out of 60. 60. There's only 32 teams in the NFL, and he's the worst out of 60 over two years. Then you're going to grab the guy who might have some drama because the results are better. Now, we both know how this is going to turn out. He's going to win more games, but it's going to be just chaos and carnage. And, and if I were betting, man, I'd still put more money on him blowing his Achilles out in week one than the Jets winning a Super Bowl. I mean, he could be the second coming to Joe Namath for the Jets. He almost was. Joe offered 12 and he said no, which is a good first sign for that whole drama thing. But the point here is that, that the GM of the Jets looked and said, we have a spot on the team that's filled. Correct. We already have a quarterback. We have an opportunity to upgrade that spot. We're going to do it. 
and our store level teams have to do the same thing. I have four insiders. One of the four, they are not all the same. There's no way they're all the same. One of the four isn't as good as everybody else at every role. There's somebody who's lagging behind. You should be actively looking every day to be able to upgrade that one team member and let them go and find something to go be great at. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's take this analogy just a little bit deeper with the sports ball. I don't think that there is one NFL team in the league that's not constantly looking to upgrade talent and their entire roster, no matter how bad they are in their league, their entire roster is full of world-class athletes. Take the worst team in the NFL and you look at any one of those young men individually and they're they are world-class athletes if you saw them on the street and saw what they did you would be amazed and yet every single general manager is looking to upgrade talent every single year maybe it's because of chemistry in the locker room maybe because it's performance on the field but they're always looking even the patriots as as a fan we're like hey that guy's a bum get him out of there right there's, <laughs> yeah isn't that um, crazy that guy's a bum uh, world-class athletes there's a video i can't remember the guy's name because i i have tuned out of basketball for so long but he was a late 2000s early 2010s boston celtic um red hair kind of kind of not defined muscularly let's put it that way he's like six seven six eight and and he's got like what would what people would classify as like that dad bod he's not like ripped he's not going on the gym circuit okay I'm with you. I can't think of the guy's name. And and he would sit on the end of the bench and he'd come in and he'd get like six or eight points. And the Boston fans are like, dude, I could totally go in for him. I could, I could beat him out of the team. And so, so one of the local radio stations did a thing where like guys lined up for hours to come play one-on-one with him. And he beat everybody eight hours of playing 10 point horse against random Joe off the street. And he beat everybody. And would spot them. He'd be like, I'm going to let you score three baskets. I'm not going to move. Then I'm going to score 10 in a row. And he'd score 10 in a row. I wish I could watch, see, find that video. Because it, it, it proves the point. Like, he, he, amongst us, would be the best basketball player on, it, on the Celtics. He gets six minutes a night. That GM is still looking to upgrade him every season. Correct. And yet we are letting people that somebody comes into your store and they're barely willing to look them in the eye and simply say, do you order? Do you already order? And we're going to give them 35 hours a week. Right. And they're going to show up late and we're not going to say anything about it because thank God you're working 35 hours a week. I have three other people on the, on that I could give more hours to, but this is comfortable and this is easy. All of this boils down to that same piece. This thought just crossed my mind. Oh, we sound like grumpy old men today. At least I sound like a grumpy old man today. Listen, get off my grass, kid. We are sacrificing 35 hours of customer experience so that we can feel good about the one or two hours that we make the schedule. Isn't that crazy? It is. And yet it's not right because we're not the customer. So the what's in it for me is... I have a completed schedule. My supervisors embarking at me to hire people. I can look at my franchisee when they walk in and say, I'm fully staffed. 
they're not going to be around long enough for Drew to show up to muck it all up. And, and, and yep, I got to suffer through, I got to deal with a customer care, which I may or may not call back. I'll just click the button because yeah, it, it's fine. It's okay. You can completely rationalize why we keep that person on for that one hour a week. If we invested that one hour a week in finding an upgrade or working with the other existing team members and having this person make that choice themselves to either step up or step out. Right. You know, last week, Drew, we talked about sacred cows and uh, killing sacred cows. This week, let's talk about creating sacred cows. Shouldn't the customer experience be a sacred cow? Shouldn't every decision we make and everything we do be going towards delivering our customers the best experience possible? I know you just said cows, but now I'm going to say beat a dead horse. We're going to see how many different puns and horrible metaphors we can introduce into this episode. Somebody stop me! If you're keeping track, Stephanie, drink for each one, it's fine. (laughs) So... I don't mean to beat a dead horse here. We've talked about it, Sam. The, the two things, if, if I were a franchisee today, the two things I would measure and the only actual two things I would measure on a monthly basis would be CSAT and EBITDA. Yeah. Am I taking care of my customers and is my business thriving? It's the only two things that matter. Yeah. And underneath, Underneath that, I know, I know the HR person in me, the person that is a certified professional in talent development wants to have some people measurement, but I can't service my customers if I don't have the right people. Like every other measurement you can come up with rolls up under one of those two that you could address a certain issue to make those two better. So I, I, yeah, I would get to a place where that CSAT score matters. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, thinking back to our discussion with, with Brian Trier and, you know, he asked us the question, why wouldn't you use MPS? I think if you use either one of those, you're in a good place. I definitely liked what he had to say about using NPS over CSAT. Um, but I think they're both really, really good me- measures. And can I take just a minute to, to throw a bit of a commercial out there? Are we doing something around the improving the customer experience? I, I mean, we are. And, and here's the reason why you should um, go get some ice. Ice, baby. I did that NPS CSAT class uh, for a group in January. And I just was back to see them again last week. And this particular group had six stores. And without telling where I was, the folks that were in the class know I'm talking about them. When I went in in January, they had some pretty decent NPS scores, although one of the stores had a minus four. And for those of you familiar with NPS, you know that the good doesn't start till zero. So minus four is pretty bad. So I went in there last week. And as folks from that particular store were coming in, I kept saying to them, oh, you're my favorite store right now. You're my favorite store right now. In three months, they went from a minus four to a 16, which 16 is still just over halfway in the good. But that's a 20-point swing in just three short months, and they attributed it to the things that they learned in class. Now, obviously, that's the easy part, the things they learn in class. The hard work is going back and putting to work what they learned. Um, But these are the same kinds of things that you and I are going to be talking about 
for two days when we deliver some ice, ice baby. NPS, CSAT. And it's, it's kind of nice the way we set it up because we start with that. So we address what the issue is and then we build backwards to give them tools to move those numbers, whether it's service for me, product for you, how to train the team for me, how to give feedback to the team from you, an action plan. Like we walk it backwards. So when they walk out the door, the last thing they've done is the action plan to actually go and make a difference. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty cool. You know, we covered a lot of ground. Uh, like we typically do. And we zigged, we zagged, we went up, we went, went around, we, we did some cool stuff. Hopefully the listeners got some stuff. See if you can uh, sum it up for them, what we talked about today and, and what they can take back to their stores to be better than yesterday. Oh, well, well done, Sam. Well, for the listeners who want to take it to the next level. Nicely you're done. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I would say, identify what your best team members are doing. Congratulate them, thank them for it, share it with your average, and only pay enough attention to those that are not better or average to know who they are and to find ways to either have them step up or step out. And if that means actively replacing them or actively having that discussion, you owe it to your, the rest of your team and to your customers. There's probably an extra line after that, but I don't think there actually is. You just owe it to the rest of your team and your customers. Take care of the best people on your team and help your average get better. Yeah, I think I saw Chris Rowe post. He was posting his favorite quotes of the day while he was at Campus Palooza. And I'm probably going to mess this one up a little bit, but it went something like the easiest way to lose good employees is for them to see you tolerate bad ones. So um, stop tolerating it. It doesn't mean that you should fire them immediately. You should absolutely coach them and see if they can get on board with your expectations. But if they can't, then you, you should promote them. I mean, everybody in the world deserves a promotion and they get promoted to customer. To customer. Exactly. Hey, listen, gang, thanks for uh, continuing to tune in. We we're just uh, overjoyed with the number of downloads that we're getting. We're still giving away pins. If you show us that you have subscribed to Drew and Sam talk training share these with your friends does this does this mean we're going to land this rocket ship it does thank you alan and um and then we'll get to reuse it which is cool because we're going to land it but listen um i'm going to ask for a special favor because it seems like our downloads go up exponentially when you share them so if you're on your socials and you see a a share <laughs> for me, a post or a post from Drew, if you'd be kind enough to share that on your socials, apparently your friends um, care more about what you have to say than what we have to say. And then more people listen to this and hopefully that helps move us all forward. Uh, so we'd appreciate that. Share these uh, on your socials when you see the links. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been a bit laxed in my carpet bombing the last couple of, of weeks. So I'll get get better at that again but uh you know thanks for listening we appreciate it i am sam with fowser consulting and i think i'm drew with better than yesterday consulting you are i can see you it's it's definitely I mean, reasonable you. facsimile yeah it's it's totally you and okay. uh, as always go out and sell more pizza and have more fun